Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at ShadowLinXO and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. This week, our mantra is going to be energy as currency before we talk about it the way we talk about spending money. You know how much money you have to spend and you know what happens when you spend too much and you go into debt. It creates stress, problems, more work, more misery. And yet sometimes we overlook that when we're spending our energy. We actually do only have a certain amount of energy to spend. And when we go over that, yep, it creates misery, problems, and a debt. A debt we try to make back up with coffee or Adderall or filling our schedules or whatever it is when really we should have been more judicious about how we were spending our energy. So we're going to roll our shoulders back. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to loosen the jaw and we're going to indulge in maybe the only 30 seconds of your week where you just have a mantra and you have some time to yourself. And the only thing on your to-do list is to let this phrase sink in and help propel you through the rest of the week. So we're going to breathe in through our nose. (sighs) Out through the mouth. One more time, repeating that mantra. Energy is my currency. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Now, when I read you this question that we're going to tackle this week, you're going to understand why this was the mantra. So this comes from the Shalligator Reddit thread, which is amazing. I lurk it. There's like 2,000 of you guys, more than that, who go on there and post and you post everything from like, hey, my grandfather has COVID. I really need some prayers and well wishes and good energy my way to funny memes, to getting advice, to like questions about celebrity couples. And then you guys say nice things about me. You're just so sweet and you're so wonderful. And just to see what this community has become is amazing. It's become this machine that goes of itself. Like, I don't even really need to be here anymore. You guys got it. But the reason I'm reading this question is because now usually when you guys leave your responses to people asking for advice, I'm like, 100 girl, yes, I couldn't have said it better. I actually kind of disagree with what you guys said on this one. But you'll you'll see why. You'll see why. You'll see why. Okay, so this shalligator titled her post, Being Multiple. Sorry, Hannah, can you raise that? <clears throat> so this shalligator titled her post, Being Multidisciplinary. That's a long one, so hang in there. She said, I made a comment on Shallon's story that she remarked on, but I want to go into more detail. I have a lot of hobbies and interests. I'm a very multidisciplinary person. I sew, draw, paint, craft, crochet, do paper crafts, other kinds of crafts. I'm a good cook. I can do lots of accents and voices. I'm a neuroscience major. I'm a pretty good dancer. I write slam poetry, stuff like that. This wasn't for the purpose of gloating at all. This was to show you the weird range of hobbies I've picked up over the years. 
So I have all these hobbies, but I struggled for a long time with picking one to focus on. I went with a neuroscience degree because I was interested in neuroscience. I could see myself being a researcher or a therapist one day, but I want to be able to pursue other things and add them to my business octopus. I know when Shallon says business octopus, she means different arenas that come from a central job, like branching from her YouTube. But I want to do a bunch of completely unrelated stuff. In my life, I want to finish my neuroscience degree, start a handmade fashion business, get trained as a dancer, do some acting jobs, do some modeling jobs, sell my paintings, get trained as a cook, and me and my friend are going to start an IG page for sex and mental health education. I want to do all of these things because they would make me so happy, but they're so completely unrelated, I don't know if it's realistic for me to even try doing all these things. Do you think this is dumb or unrealistic of me? I wouldn't be doing all these things at the same time, of course, but I want to return to each business tentacle regularly. So first of all, what is a business octopus? If you guys watched my uh, YouTube series I did recently on the reality of being an influencer and a YouTuber, I talked about what I call the big, the business octopus. It's a very dangerous thing in my profession, or really, I mean, it seems like in so many professions these days when jobs are unpredictable, the market's unpredictable, there's layoffs, you get replaced, to just have one thing that you do. I mean, it's annoying and ridiculous that we have to basically be good at a ton of different things because jobs change and they adapt and there's new technology. And so many of us work in a field where technology and the changing of those things is really, really crucial. You know, I mean, this isn't our parents or our grandparents job market where it's like, I fix Ford cars and that's what I do. And that's just all I do. And I'm an expert at it. We have to be an expert at not only law, for example. Oh, no, you have to be media trained and you have to have a, a whole LinkedIn influencer career about law and you have to do this. And, you have to do that, blah, blah, blah. and it makes you feel kind of crazy. But especially with what I do, I don't want to be a business unicorn where if you cut that one thing that makes you special off, you're just a horse. I have to have an octopus, many different arms, like this girl said, branching off from the YouTube channel, the podcast, the merch line, the jewelry, newsletters, all these things, all these things. Because in, if, in case one tentacle gets cut off, I have other ones to rely on. So I encourage you guys to not, I mean, maybe have a business tripod instead of an octopus. I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, going to law school isn't enough, but always kind of keep your head on a swivel about new skills you can add to your repertoire in case things go south or, hey, you realize taxation law isn't really for you, but maybe you could be a consultant for celebrities or something like that. So that's just the backstory here. And you guys commented overwhelmingly in support of her, of her dreams and ideas. If you have the energy, go for it. You're a Renaissance person, do it. I disagree. I read this message and I hear a little bit of mania. Sometimes when I can't really get a handle on a situation or, <clears throat> you know, how I feel about something, I switch the context. I copy and paste what's going on into a different context and it gives me clarity. So let's look at what she's saying in terms of not doing things and hobbies, but let's say it's buying things, right? I want to buy a jet and a house, four, no, four houses, two at the beach, two in the mountains, one in the city. Um, I want to buy 10 dogs. I want to buy a Maybach and an Escalade and also a fire truck that I'm going to refurbish. I want to go here and there. I want to go to Spain this year. I want to go to the Caribbean. I also want to buy another house in the mountains. You would be like, whoa, okay, okay. Just, whoa, 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 whoa. It's great to have those dreams, but you're looking a little too big picture and not enough small picture, 
right? That makes a lot of sense. But when we're talking about people's hobbies and what they're good at, the last thing we want to do is discourage someone from going after what they want. But let me tell you something that I have learned. After a decade in New York City, after climbing the corporate ladder, after really climbing a lot of different ladders, you can have it all, but you cannot have it all at the same time. And when we make our New Year's resolutions, we forget this. You know, we're like, this year, I'm going to find true love. I'm going to get married. I'm going to build a house. I'm going to get that logic. I'm going to open up that Etsy store. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can probably do one of those things. And this isn't to be like, you can't do it. It's because if we make these insane, grandiose, unrealistic plans and they don't happen, we're going to feel like a failure. Well, all I did this year was buy a house. I didn't win an Oscar or marry John Mayer. I didn't do any of those things. I just did this one bullshit, stupid thing. No, you did one badass thing. And that should be celebrated. If we make the mark too high, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. And what that does is reaffirm this victim narrative inside ourselves. And it diminishes our ability and our willingness to try for things ever again. I wanted to lose 30 pounds. I only lose lost five. Girl, losing five is incredible. Good for you. I'm never going to be the one to tell you, hey, set the bar really low. But sometimes a low bar gives you the confidence to raise it higher and higher and higher. If we set the bar so impossibly high for our lives, we are always going to feel like we're failing, even if we're not. And what, what is the point of that? Yes, dream big. But this goes back to my manifestation ladder. If you guys don't know what that is, read, I'm sorry, (laughs) listen to last week's podcast. I talk about different kinds of ladders, manifestational ladders, gratitude ladders, and there should be a goal ladder. We have a small goal. I'm going to make my bed every day, right? Then we have a huge goal. I'm going to get into Harvard Law School. Great. So look, even if all you do is make your bed every day, that's still something. You're still one step higher on that ladder than you were. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So my advice for this girl is to funnel this down. I think it's very interesting that she listed all her crafts and all her hobbies. She's like, but I needed to pick one hobby to focus on. So I focused on my neuroscience degree. That isn't a hobby. Neuroscience isn't a hobby. Needlepoint is a hobby. Origami is a hobby. Neuroscience is your job, right? So you're getting these things muddled between hobbies and professions. You cannot have four professions at once. I kind of do, but even then, it's like I'm still a creator. I'm still an influencer, like that whole thing. I'm not like also a doctor, like also a chemical engineer. Uh, They all fall under that octopus. They're not different animals. They're tentacles of the same animal. And to say, I'm going to be a fashion designer and a slam poetrist, poet, poet, slam poet, (laughs) and a neuroscientist, like, no, girl, you're not. And if you are, you are not doing any one of those things well. 
Why? Energy currency. Energy currency. Again, if we copy and paste this to purchases, well, I, I put um, a down payment on a house and I put a down payment on a Rolls Royce and I put a down payment on a snowmobile. And people are like, um, I know how much money you make approximately. You can't afford any one of these things. So you're actually not going to have any of them. And you're going to look back and be like, wow, I wasted all that fucking money on down payments for things that ultimately I couldn't afford. So they all vanished away from me. You would look at that behavior and be like, this is not healthy, right? It's the same with energy. You're going to put energy currency, emotional down payments on too many things, and they're all going to get repossessed. And then you're going to feel like a failure when you're not at all. You're simply poorly managing your currency. You're poorly managing money in those other examples, right? And someone could look at that and be like, she's not great with money. This example, this question means you're not great with energy. And that's all right. I mean, very few of us are, it seems, in this day and age, because we are encouraged to be so multidimensional. And that's not really a hardship because we're wild, wonderful, curious, passionate, diverse women. But one thing that life does tell us constantly is monetize, monetize, monetize. You got to put a dollar value on every fucking hobby you have. I fall victim to this all the time. I was having a conversation with my other influencer friend about this, and she and I are like soul sisters. Hi, Cotton. Because we, you know, we get this life. And it's it's like an extreme example of what so many of us deal with, where it's like, well, you're good at this, so why isn't that your job? Honey, I'm good at sex. I'm not a prostitute. Okay? And I don't need to be. And you look at that, and you're like, well, of course she shouldn't monetize that. Well, then why do you have to monetize your poetry? Why do you need to monetize your origami? Why do you need to monetize anything that brings you just pure pleasure? Because like putting a price tag on sex and being a hooker walking the streets kind of takes the fun out of it. When it's something you have to do, where it used to be something you wanted to do, it ceases to be fun. So the first step is to make a very concrete list between fun and work. And how you go about that is, well, what's going to make me the most money? How am I going to efficiently manage my energy currency? What's the most bang for my buck? Probably not slam poetry, right? Probably it's going to be neuroscience or a higher degree that's going to get you a good job, let you live the life that you want, so that when you want to write poetry or start that Instagram page, it's fun and it's not something you have to monetize. But if you try to lump all of these things together, it's not going to work. And I know she said in her question, now I don't want to do all these at one time, of course. I just want to come back to them. I kind of don't believe that. The fact that she's stressing about it enough to leave a question on this page means she actually does feel the pressure to do all of these things at one time. I go back to this phrase that the communists used. I love it. One road, no one gets lost. That was sort of like how they justified dictatorships. But I apply it to so many things in life. It goes back to like how our grandparents were. I fix cars. Great, grandpa. Like that's what you know. That's what you're good at. That's the only thing you're good at from a monetary standpoint. We now have so many more options and we're such smart, bad bitches that it's like, well, shit, I'm good at a lot of things. Oh, man. Now what do I do? One of my friends is like this. Chrissy, if you're listening, it's this is you. It's you. I love her. She's my bestie since we were 14. But whatever job she has, she always sort of feels like maybe it's the wrong one. 
because she's, I mean, she's Berkeley educated, incredible at computers and math and analytics, but she's also an incredible dancer. She's so fun and charming and outgoing and creative and she's an incredible writer and she wrote a magazine. It's like, so whatever lane she's in, she's like, ah, should I be in the other lane? Fuck, I don't know. And it makes you crazy and it leads to so much unhappiness. It's very hard for us to feel happy if we feel like, well, is the grass greener? Is it more lucrative? Will I feel more fulfilled? But we're looking at all of our talents as an all or nothing thing. Again, it's like, these all have to be my job. No, they don't. You would be surprised how fulfilled you really can be if you have a job that you were like, I am all in on this neuroscience career. This is my profession, okay? I am going to explore all the different tentacles of this octopus. And then after 6 p.m., when I get home from the lab, I have a different octopus. Eh, maybe it's not an octopus. Maybe it is just a unicorn. Your business should be an octopus, but your hobbies can be a unicorn because no one is going to saw that horn off and turn you into a regular old hobby horse. You can have your hobbies and no one is going to take them away. So think about what hobby you like the best. Let's say it's the poetry. Okay, I'm going to write poetry. I'm going to do it every night just for 15 minutes, 10 minutes. I'm journal a little bit. Wow, I feel, I feel so creative and I feel focused. Because like I said, what kind of came through in this question was a bit of mania. It sounded a bit manic. It sounded very, very fragmented. And I have been in that state before. And it's, it's like you're just Adderalled out. I mean, I don't think she is, but when I was, when I was, I was. Where you're just like, blah, I can't focus. I can't focus. That isn't fun. That isn't a path forward. You're not moving forward. You're spinning in circles because you're not choosing a direction. You're like, oh, there's every road. Okay. Well, you don't have to give yourself one path like the communists. Maybe give yourself two or three. I love to bake. I love to write poetry. And during the day, I'm a neuroscientist. Okay. There's something to be said for mastery. Because if we tell ourselves, I am good at this and this and this and this and this and this and this, girl, no, you're not. I mean, you're just not. And again, it comes back to energy currency. No, you actually can't afford those things. You're not truly doing all of them very well. You might enjoy them, but you're not so good at them, they need to be your job. But you can be semi-good at them, and they can be your hobby because there's no rush. There's no need to monetize. There's no pressure. It's just something you do for fun. Like sex. You don't need to be the best. It's something you do to connect. It's personal. It's private. It's not monetized. It's not something that's going anywhere but where it is right now. So if you're looking at your life and you're like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. Be smart. Pick something that's going to make you money, right? One thing I loved was hockey. I love hockey. I love, well, I love dating hockey players, but <laughs> I also love playing it. I love watching it. And people, you know, when I was thinking about maybe leaving celebrity journalism and I was just like kind of over it, this is before I even went to star. They're like, why don't you work in hockey? Why don't you do that? And so I started kind of like writing for this hockey blog like a little bit. And I was like, wow, I fucking hate this actually. I hate this. I don't want to watch the Dallas Stars game. I don't care about the Stars because I'm not sleeping with anyone on the team right? I want to watch the Rangers game. I want to watch the Penguins. I actually just want to talk about how hot the starting forward is. I don't like writing about hockey. It's 
my hobby. And so I wound it back because I was starting to dislike it. And it felt so tragic to me. It felt like something was being taken from me, like something was being stolen, like I was getting sort of like abused and battered by the world. And didn't I feel like that all the time anyway? Being in a job I wasn't so sure about, just living in New York and being young and not knowing anything about myself and my life. Hockey was my outlet to feel good and happy and just relaxed and just something for pure enjoyment. But I tried to pervert it. I tried to prostitute it. And it backfired. But I learned from that. I was like, okay, you know what? Now, I'm going to try to get better at identifying just hobbies. And like I said, I was talking to my influencer friend about this. And she's like, you know, I decided to get back into ballet. She was like a professional ballerina. (laughs) And she's so funny. She's like, my shoemaker, like my ballet shoemaker still has my feet on file. (laughs) I'm just like, your feet on file. I don't know why it cracked me up so bad. It's just, oh, like it's a foot fetish dream, right? And I was like, it's funny you say that because I decided to start playing hockey again because I need something in my life that isn't monetized. And she's like, oh my God, yes. My ex-boyfriend, Max, we're, we're friends. He's like, you should really start journaling, you know, get your feelings out. And I'm like, my whole career is a journal. I feel like all I do is talk about feelings. Now I feel and feeling, feeling, baby. It's just like this endless loop of like navel gazing self-absorption. I can't Think of anything I want to do less at the end of the day than be like, dear diary, more feelings coming at you. Because I also would try to monetize it. And actually, I am. (laughs) I did. I'm going to be uh, releasing a newsletter. I hate the word like newsletter because I feel like it's like something the PTA sends you. It's more of like an email blog. Like I do want to write a bit more honestly and be open with you guys about feelings and just connect on a level that doesn't involve the Kardashians. You know what I mean? And isn't me just preaching at you. It's like, hey, girlfriend, let's talk about these things that are going on. And I mean, maybe he's onto something about just like writing your feelings out. So that's kind of what I want it to be. I'm still coming up with names. So coming up with a launch date, but look out for that in, um, in the future in your inbox. Hopefully that'll be fun. So if you're looking at your life and not knowing where to go, like I said, what's going to make you money? Having money is nice, right? I mean, it's very few people prefer to be poor when they could be rich. And a lot of times that's a matter of just picking the right lane and seeing it through and not always second guessing yourself because we do that too. Oh my God. Like, like I said, my friend Chrissy, it's like, am I in the right lane? Am I in the right lane? Now she has made an incredible career for herself because she is so intelligent. But so many of us, you know, we get out of this lane, even when we're driving, we do this, right? And this is the most crystal example. You get out of this lane and suddenly the one you just left starts moving faster. You're like, God damn it. We do that in all categories. Well, I'm dating this guy and I like him, but who is that fuck boy that just walked through the door? Oh, I don't know. And then you end up with neither, right? So try to pick something that's going to be lucrative, that's going to maximize your brain power for your career, your brain power. And how you define that is up to you. Some people, they're very analytical and scientific. So that is brain power maximization. They don't need to work in customer service. They don't want to liaise with the public. They don't want to be a graphic designer and create things. They're analytical. Okay. Some of us are the opposite. I'm not very analytical at all. I have terrible attention to detail. Awful. So I need to be in something very creative and esoteric and a little bit more, you know, like, hmm, flowery. It doesn't matter. Attention to detail. What is that? I'm an impressionist painting, okay? I'm not an architectural renderer. So I gravitate towards those things. And then 
Look at the parts of your personality that are a little bit more unfulfilled in what you're doing in your job. You're the neuroscience major, right? Okay, not a lot of creativity, creativity, not a lot of warm fuzziness, right? So import those things into your hobbies. We talk about a lot like the 80-20 rule with dating. I got it from a Tyler Perry movie. He's like, your partner, your wife is only going to give you 80% of what you need. No more, no less. And then this 20% comes along. It's like, ooh, damn. So you leave your wife so bamboozled by this 20% that you think you're getting 100, but you're not. It's a net loss. You're only getting 20. Our careers are kind of like that too. <clears throat> Our careers can't, and quite frankly, shouldn't give us 100% of what we need. If it does, our life is out of balance. And a lot of us have worked with people like that, right? Where, you know, their only friends are their coworkers. They have to pick fights and win every battle because this is the only place they feel like they have power or relevancy or a voice or whatever. And the rest of their lives are empty. They don't have a family. They don't have hobbies. They don't have a dog. They don't travel. They don't do anything. It's just this job. And that's very scary because talk about a unicorn. You cut that job off. You take more than just like, you take more than a career. You take someone's whole identity. We do that with guys too. This man is my world, is my life. He completes me. Ugh. Fuck that. No. Okay? So look at what the job is giving you and what it isn't and how you can fill in the gaps in the rest of your life, you know? I don't ever flirt when I'm at the office. I mean, when I had an, off an office job, which seems crazy because I'm so boy crazy and I'm such a hoe. But <clears throat> my, my work time was my work time. So because of that, I had to prioritize a work-life balance. Like, no, I'm not in love with my coworker. And, oh, yeah, no, I'll stay late. <laughs> That's fine. Do you want me to check my email so we can talk on the weekends? <laughs> okay. But no, uh-uh. I'm leaving at 5.30. That's the way it is. I'm going on Tinder dates. I'm going to events. I'm meeting guys because I have to, because I'm not getting everything I need here. And I shouldn't be. So now in my life, I'm really trying to be more transparent between the business octopus and the hobby unicorn, right? And I'm trying to delineate those two so that I don't put everything I have into this job. Because look, relationships I've been in have really gone belly up because I was so drained and focused from this job. Like, I feel like I mother people 24 hours a day, you know, which I'm inclined to do. But then my boyfriend comes home and I'm like, what? What do you need? What do you think you need from me? And they're like, a hug. I'm like, oh, you with the hugs again. Like, I just don't have anything to give, right? And so I have to pull back, not engage in that fragmented mania, and say, no, this is where the workday stops. This is where the hobby day begins. And this is how I create a 360, 100% life for myself. We're going to be back next week answering some more questions. Keep that mantra in mind. My energy is my currency. And look at your octopus, look at your unicorn, and check out the YouTube channel. I'll see you later, Shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.